there's there's somewhat of an art of taking risk, right? You know, core core to, you know, in my opinion, one of the big reasons why there's a why there's a big difference between um, the have and the have nots is, you know, the, well the main one is a lot of folks just don't save money. They live well above their means. They don't save and invest to build businesses, and that's the biggest reason. But the but the fundamentals of that even deeper is people are just horrible risk takers in general. There's a there's an art to taking risk. Taking risk is not being uh, irresponsible uh, with your resources. Taking risk is being smart about how you take risk, but you're, but you're not going to be able to build any significant wealth without taking risk. And so, you know, risk and taking risk, it doesn't just mean investing. It's also uh, in business and another thing. So, you know, I'm going to take this to, moment to try to, uh, in a simple term, explain how I think taking risk should take. But the first step is you want to think about the worst case scenario. A lot of human beings or, you know, in the positive of being a human being is a lot of us are super optimistic and that's good. You got to be optimistic to do something like open up a business or invest. You got to believe in the future. But when you're building your strategy, then you got to become a pessimist, right? You have to say, all right, what if the worst, what's the worst that can happen? Like what, you know, um, if I do this, what's the worst case scenario I can think of if, if I take, um, this risk right here and then, um, like, like literally can I, can I, can I live with that? Right. And if not, then you need to revamp, um, your strategy to, a worst case scenario that you can take because what ends up happening is if you open up a business or you make an investment and you get out there and you've already started and then you start seeing that risk becomes a reality you may not stick it through um, because you're you you're so fearful of what could happen when you're already out there and so the first step is become a pessimist when you're developing a strategy and find a worst case scenario um, that you can live to second deal is quantify the odds of you being successful now, when I say quantify the odds, this is going to be a rough estimate, but what it means is you're going to have to do research. I'll give it in a specific example of, of the stock market. Um, you know, so um, the longer term you go, like if you're, if you're making an investment decision where, you know, for example, if you're saying, hey, I'm going to make investment decisions based on value, value being um, cheap or expensive, which is... And you and so when you do that, you got to figure out some sort of quantitative way to justify what's cheap, what's expensive. So you may do a PE ratio, right? And there's a great paper called um, uh, if you if you Google research affiliates, uh, CAPE, C A P E, naysayers, it'll be a whole good research report on this. But the research report basically says, hey, you know, over a ten year period, if you buy based on value uh, or cheap, um, there's a strong possibility that you're gonna do really, really well, right? There's a correlation between returns and buying cheap 10 years previously. And they tested it all in different markets all over the world. And, and you have a high probability of um, doing well by focusing on buying cheap, right? And there's all kinds of studies uh, around that. Um, but the point is, you do your research and you say, okay, so one input I know is if I, if I buy cheap and I have a long-term time frame then that's a that's a winning formula more times than not, right? So so you develop you know the odds of your decision making process and how that works out. Another thing, like I've um, subscribed to this site 
that allows me to um, back test returns for different uh, stocks, different ETFs, um, and say, hey, how would they have performed over this period based on uh, these specific rules? And there's all kind of rules um, you can do. You can test moving averages. Um, you can just, I don't want to go nerd, but you look at the history and you say, okay, if, if I take these steps um, over these period of time, what, what would have happened? And I like to overlay that on what's going on economically over that period of time. So, so let me give you a specific example, a non-nerd example. So if any of y'all follow me on LinkedIn, you know, I've written a couple of reports on, you know, the stock market booms uh, and commodity booms which are inverse, right? When, when stock markets have um, up, you know, have bull markets, commodity markets have um, bear markets. And then the flip, when commodities have bull markets, um, stocks have bear markets. And when I say stocks, I'm talking specifically like U U.S. stocks, right? U.S. stocks. Because um, there are countries that sell a lot of commodities, like emerging markets, that they do well when commodities do well. And so the research report goes into that. But my point is, um, 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 if 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 you're build, if 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 you're if you're doing a strategy, and you're saying okay over over this period of time, this was the commodity boom market, or this is a period of time where commodities boom. Did these country stocks actually do well over that period of time, right? Um, so these are just, and then, and then you say, okay, every time there was a um, commodity bull market, you know, so you look at 1970s, you look at 2000, 2011, you know, you can, so you can go back in history, look at the late 40s, right? And you say, okay, during these period of times, you know, the commodities do well. And, you, and you'll see, yeah. And then you'll say, okay, you know, during stock booms, what types of stocks did better and it was the new high flyers you know nifty 50 in the 50s and 60s you know tech in the 90s um, um and so you, you look at all those and you start developing a, um like actual data to give you you know um, um some po some probabilities of if your decision making process is right so when you're so when you're making risk let me give you a specific example. So a lot of folks right now are asking me another example. So a lot of folks are asking me right now, well, Philip, what do you think about cannabis stocks? Well, <clears throat> we we're in a 10 year period where um, we've had a stock bull market where the new stuff has performed. Well, you, you had, um, you know, you had a biotech do well early on. You had uh, tech stocks, growth stocks um, do well for a long period of time. Now U S stocks are extremely expensive, you know, well, relatively expensive um, and so history says when that happens then we're towards the end if not at the end of the stock bull market and so it's not a good idea to keep investing in the new um, types of um, companies it's time to sit that down for a second and position for the commodity um, bull market and or be neutral and hedged so it's easy for me to say I don't like it I'm not saying I don't like it long term I'm just saying it doesn't fit in the context of the probability models that I've done and the research that I've done overall, right? So, so you're managing risk, right? Managing risk may, may also mean in the short term, you might be wrong. You know, in, in late 17, when Bitcoin is running up and all my history said I shouldn't be investing in Bitcoin for three months, I looked not smart until 
late December hit and my math probabilities were vindicated. So, um, you know, and then the third thing you do is you want to diversify, right? Because, you know, just because you got the probability uh, in your favor um, doesn't mean things can't change or you can't end up in the small probability that things don't work out um, and, 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 and you bet all your money on it and you lose it all. So spread your bets around, right? Spread it out, have, have multiple different high probability bets, um, whether it's business, whether it's investing, but you got to, you know, you got to do your research you gotta, and you got to diversify. And the first thing you got to do is be a pessimist uh, when you're building a strategy. So that way, once the strategy is built, then you could be an optimist, right? You, could, you, you, you have the worst case scenario, you know the odds, you diversified your bets. So now your plan is in place and you want to review the plan, but you can be an optimist. And when you, when you get punched in the gut, because you're going to get punched in the gut when you take risk at some point during the process, um, you're like, cool, I've somewhat planned for this. Or if something hits you out of the blue that you didn't plan for, but is still within the realm of your worst case scenario and it doesn't really change what you're going to do overall, you take that punch and not and get back up because you have done the homework. Now, I really hope this helps some people. I know I was slightly a bit all over the place. So go back and re-listen to this um, if I lost you somewhere. But I think it's going to be helpful for some people um, that struggle with taking risks because we're just not, in general, good risk takers as, as human beings. This information is for educational purposes and not meant to be considered uh, investment advice. It's not to be considered solicitation for the specific purchase of securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investing involves risk. No investment is guaranteed unless they... Uh, individuals listening to this podcast presentations to seek their own counsel before making any decisions. Y'all enjoy your day.